we're moving out on modernizing the architecture through interoperable multi-cloud environments. On this episode of the Defense Scoop podcast, the Pentagon's new principal deputy CIO shares her vision and priorities. It's Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. Welcome to the Defense Scoop podcast, where you'll hear all about what's going on across the defense technology landscape. I'm the host of the Defense Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. A former DOD deputy CIO was arrested and charged with alleged decades-long involvement in a D.C. area dogfighting ring. Newly unsealed court documents show that Frederick Moorfield and a friend allegedly used an encrypted messaging app to exchange videos about dogfighting, share how to train canines for illegal matches, and arrange and coordinate dogfights. Federal agents executed a search warrant on both individuals' homes in Maryland in early September. Moorfield was already on terminal leave at the time of the arrest and had been replaced by Kevin Mulvihill to serve as the new acting deputy chief information officer for command, control, and communications within the Pentagon. The Department of the Navy has chartered the launch of a new organization to harness innovation and cutting-edge technology for warfighting applications. Secretary Carlos Del Toro recently announced at the Pentagon the creation of the Disruptive Capabilities Office, a new organization that will, quote, push the bounds of rapidly delivering warfighting capability through the innovative application of existing and new systems and harnessing today's exponential growth in technology. The new office will work in concert with stakeholders from across the Department of the Navy, which includes the Marine Corps, to deliver disruptive capability sailors and Marines need at, quote, a pace and scale to close our fleet's most critical capability gaps, according to Del Toro. You can read more about these stories and more at defensescoop.com. Last month, Scoop News Group hosted its annual Fed Talks in Washington, D.C. Now in its 14th year, the event is the largest annual gathering of C-level executives, leaders, and innovators from the government and tech communities. Leslie Beavers, Principal Deputy CIO for the Department of Defense, delivered the closing keynote at the event and showcased the work the Pentagon is doing in cybersecurity, digital transformation, and modernization. Listen in now to Beavers' closing Fed Talk. I do have a few key thoughts that I am very excited to get to share with you. Um, and I, I know we've heard a lot about zero trust. I was just listening to a couple of the comments earlier. And I was asked to talk about securing, you know, cybersecurity from the view of the C-suite. And when I think about um, sitting on top of the Department of Defense, which is no small thing to do, um, and it's a tad bit scary. Uh, it's really, you're, you're having to approach security from the perspective of getting an economy, um, or you know, it's more than one organization, there are a lot of organizations. So from that C-suite, I think about it from the perspective of driving change um, and turning everyone into a cyber aware, kind of a cyber professional, because at the end of the day, this security requires everyone to be part of the solution. If you think about it, I think, um, I can't remember the numbers exactly, I was at a Gartner forum, and they talked about in the cyber workforce, and not all of those are security focused, but in your cyber workforce, you normally have 10, maybe 20% 
if you're lucky, of the entire population, whereas our attack surface is everyone. And that means that everyone has to be on the defensive when it comes to cyber. So I think about, I think about that and how important cooperation is. And so that's my request to the group of folks here today, is to partner and cooperate on cybersecurity uh, with kind of any and everybody you can find. Um, because we're facing a whole, of, a whole of government, almost a whole of society threat. We just, uh, I was just reading something um, yesterday about some telescopes that the National Science Foundation have that are offline for a cyber threat. Like, okay. Um, so we're all, in it, we're all in this together. All right, with that in mind, what is the Department of Defense doing? First off, um, security kind of is in the middle, but in order, to, in order to secure something, you have to have the architecture to secure it on. And in the past, the paradigm has been you know, share and trust until you don't, and now the paradigm is don't until you do. That's our, our zero trust paradigm. But our architecture within the Department of Defense, which should be no surprise to anyone here, is an old architecture. We were early adopters, so it's kind of like you've got an old house and you need some new wiring, you need some new plumbing. It's a very expensive, very large proposition. Um, but to get after that, we're moving out on modernizing the architecture through interoperable multi-cloud environments. So the joint warfighting cloud concept uh, contract is out, and we're very excited about that. So that's the architecture piece. That only works as long as they are actually interoperable. And for them to be interoperable, that means we have to cooperate on how we set up our security settings and implement our zero trust, you know, tag the people, tag the data, audit, audit, audit. Um, so the next level that we're really starting to drive within the department is the idea of the reciprocity, and that is really a cooperation more than a technology challenge. Um, and so I'm having fun getting after that, hurting lions and tigers and bears. Uh, and then the, the last piece on, on this is the, the people. And from that perspective, there are a couple of efforts that we're driving within DOD CIO. One is around the workforce, because we really need to build out our cyber workforce and um, enable a much, uh, much more advanced and also um, drive a little bit of, of, of turnover. So we're, we've done the cyber workforce plan which is modernizing how we do our recruiting um, and setting up uh, continuing education and development um, and improving the cyber workforce. And then the last piece is the user, because at the end of the day, if we're so secure we can't talk to anybody, we've also failed. Um, so the user experience, and that's our latest effort, it's gonna be a multi-year effort to get after the user experience so that when you are uh, logging into systems within the Department of Defense, um, it works. 
So those are, those are the big issues that we're driving within the um, Department of Defense. And I, I'm remiss, I skipped one area that I kind of wanted to highlight to this audience, and that was around the defense industrial base. So when I talked about everyone and the partnership, um, the partnership with our industrial base is absolutely key. Uh, the Department of Defense, as large as it is, is heavily reliant on the civilian in infrastructure and companies as well as the other government organizations. So um, we have stood up a defense industrial-based cybersecurity program. If you haven't heard, right now it's open to clear defense contractors, um, but we are we're trying to get that changed so we can also include folks that have the um, responsibility to handle controlled unclassified information because what we are learning or have learned over the last, uh, I don't know, maybe decade or so, a few years, with this larger cyber threat, we end up, um, even our unclassified information can give the enemy um, very valuable insights into what we're doing. So um, with that, I think that was what I wanted to hit. It's a journey that we have to go on together. You can learn more about the DOD's top IT priorities at defensescoop.com. Now for this next segment, I'll pass it over to my colleague Wyatt Cash for an interview with our sponsoring partner, Google for Government. As the Defense Department continues to modernize its cloud environment, leaders are looking at ways to bring cloud-enabled tools to servicemen and women in the field. I'm Wyatt Cash with Scoop News Group, and joining me today is John Harvey, Customer Engineering Manager at Google Cloud, to talk about how the DOD is using AI-embedded tools to support its service members in the field. Uh, Google Public Sector is a Defense Group podcast sponsor. And John, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for having me, Wyatt. I'm excited to be here. Terrific. Well, first, tell us more about how today your defense customers are using AI-enabled tools to improve the way their servicemen and women actually can meet their mission objectives more effectively. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of momentum across the DOD to leverage AI and improve the lives of service members. We're seeing this in a couple of different areas. So, you know, we, we've had a couple of uh, projects where we've worked with customers to do visual inspection applications to help maintenance and monitor uh, facilities and make sure things are up to, to snuff in those manners. Uh, we're also working on applying AI patterns across remote sensing, leveraging tools like Earth Engine uh, that can look at Earth satellite data and run AI models against it. Um, and where we're really excited too is we've done some, some research with medical health monitoring to do cancer across the defense health organization or just improve service member and veteran experiences by implementing things like conversational AI to help just improve the, the engagement that we're having with, uh, whether it's veterans or service members. Well, I'm sure you'd agree generative AI has taken the world by the storm and the, the potential for this evolving technology is clearly exciting, but tell us more about how you see generative AI helping uh, the DOD uh, accelerate mission readiness and uh, support their operations. Yeah, it's true. I don't think you can attend an industry event or a customer meeting these days without Gen AI coming up. Uh, it's super exciting technology. Um, and I think it's going to have a profound impact on how the DOD can accelerate its mission. Um, where I'm most excited about the impact to, to service members and, and federal employees as a whole, really, is just in productivity gains. So Gen AI and large language models have robust technical use cases that we're starting to 
um, leverage where we're doing large scale document processing, summarization. Um, but really, when you look at like some of those just quick wins from productivity, uh, like the creation of a quick creation of a documentation or formatting, um, implementing things like conversational search or even code creation tools. Um, we recently released uh, Palm uh, LLMs into generally availability, and they've been tuned for either both textual uh requirements and also code. And uh, when I was doing software development within the DOD, you always wanted to do things like create unit tests. You wanted to automate deployment tasks and things like that. But there was often not times to actually available to do that. Um, even though it's extremely important, it just really was a, a longer tail part of the development lifecycle. Um, Duet AI for developers is our code trained LLM. And it can help developers generate, debug their code and, and really have, a, I think, a broad impact on the DoD mission as we start rolling these capabilities out. You can also generate transcriptions, like, for example, like this meeting. So, you know, we can auto generate notes, take action items, key highlights that alone will improve the average worker's life. But uh, it also provides a, a more inclusive workplace and make sure that we don't miss the details. Well, at the same time, um, agency leaders are also having to think about how to ethically use generative AI. What, what's your position on this? And how is Google thinking about uh, securing AI capabilities with a sort of ethical and responsible use in mind? Yeah, it's an important topic. And, you know, Google has been focused on being an AI first company since 2015. And we first released our responsible AI principles in 2018. We continue to update those every year as we identify new technology trends or societal impacts um, to make sure that we're shaping where our company is going from an AI perspective and where we can help developers and the broader AI community. Um, you'll look and see that most of these principles map pretty closely to the DoD ethical principles that were released in 2020. And Google and the department have collaborated over the years to make sure we are responsibly implementing AI. Um, we actively work to remove bias from models and provide um, appropriate levels of governance and accountability. We've also introduced approaches like model cards into the industry that help identify how and when, what data is used to actually train specific AI models. Uh, we also have, you know, over the years made sure that we release some of these capabilities very deliberately from an AI perspective. We've held back where we thought it wasn't in the user's best interest or the technology may not be ready for broad based adoption. And from a security perspective, obviously, from a DOD, you know, making sure we can meet all the security controls. Uh, we have, you know, robust uh, encryption at rest in transit. Um, and we have a pretty robust terms of service, which I think sets us apart where we can protect customer data and we make sure that we don't train our models on customer data and customers can really maintain the complete control of their data within our cloud environment. Well, looking a little more broadly, can you share how uh, Google distributed cloud hosted or GDCH uh, helps defense agencies improve collaboration in the field? For sure, yeah. GDCH is, is something we're super excited about. And a lot of times we do talk about some of the hyperscale components within our uh, cloud. We've been a cloud first company and you know developed things at amazing scale and innovation on our global network of data centers. But, but as you know, the hyperscale services aren't always available because of whether it's a limited connectivity environment or isolated infrastructures. 
uh, or some, you know, we're trying to meet uh, requirements like impact level six. So GDCH is delivering key components of Google Cloud on a stack uh, that can uh, meet some of those isolated environments. So technologies like Kubernetes or some of Google's AI trained models like translation and speech to text, uh, they can further enhance the capabilities uh, outside of the commercial cloud. And so they can either be connected to our cloud services or in a disconnected model. So we're super excited about um, how the DoD can leverage that to move the mission forward. Yeah, that's so important on a global basis and particularly in austere environments. Uh, it's, it's, it was hard to imagine how we delivered the cloud out there, but that sounds like a, an excellent uh, approach to that. Uh, and then lastly, um, what cloud investments are you seeing uh, your DOD customers focusing on now to kind of modernize their operations? Yeah, I think we're in the early days of, of how and where DOD will be able to implement AI technology and responsibly evaluate where it creates mission impacts. I think there's two main areas where I'm most excited about the immediate impact. And we kind of highlighted some of these earlier, but the improved productivity, um, AI-assisted composition, proofreading, template generation, all these things are going to help personnel be more efficient. Um, we're seeing examples of this today in some of our tools that we've released, like in, within Google's Duet toolset that provides uh, developer ID support. Um, integration directly into workspace, um, and then conversational AI and conversational search, where we're doing speeding up the typical customer service engagements. Um, and then I also think there's a lot of opportunity around just improved analysis. Um, when you're developing specific uh, machine learning models and leveraging some of the capabilities of these LLM capabilities, it represents a leap forward in understanding our textual, our textual world. Analysts can only review so many reports per day. Um, but with AI models, we can scan and process enormous amounts of data, and that's going to help us identify key patterns or more timely conclusions. Absolutely. Well, John Harvey, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, sharing uh, your insights on how the Department of Defense is continuing to build on AI and cloud computing to advance the mission for its men and women in the field. For sure. Thanks so much, Wyatt. The Defense Scoop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Defense Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher help put the show together and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll be back with another new episode soon. Until then, thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Billy Mitchell.